for Radio 1 91FM podcast. We are now joined by Trent Smith from the University of Otago's Department of Economics for this week's instalment of Business as Usual on R1 News. In today's edition, we're going to be diving into neoliberal economics and austerity policies. Kilda Trent, how's it going? Yeah, I'm here, yeah. I'm, I'm fine, thanks. So neoliberalism is a pretty elusive term. Um, in economics, it can be identified by sort of market-liberating reforms such as deregulation, the elimination of price controls, and general removal of restrictions. Could you tell us a bit more about common neoliberal policies and what they do for the market? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is a big topic, obviously. The, the um Neoliberalism, you know, there are a lot of definitions of the word. I like to think of it as more of a political project, honestly, than as a as an as a a school of thought in economics or something. But the um, and it has a history going back to the forties, and the, the the history is fascinating. But the 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 underlying goals of neoliberalism, and this is hard to nail down because nobody will admit that they're a neoliberal, right? <laughs> It's sort of a pejorative used by people to talk about this this uh, political project mm-hmm. that that's um, been aimed at um, uses the language of free markets um, to just to justi- to justify what they're doing, but the real purpose is um, to protect profits. Right? It's sort of this coalition of these University of Chicago economists with these wealthy businessmen in the U.S. starting in the forties. Yeah. Um, and so the policies are all aimed at um, – they typically are aimed at, um, well, doing things that can be justified as liberalizing the economy, making like making more markets more open. Um, but in practice, what they do is they tend to um, – honestly, they disempower the working class, right? So things like um, decreasing taxes, um, removing um, – social safety net protections, um, you know, doing things that um, uh, many of the many one of the one of the effects of many of these policies will be to um, to lower wages. Right. So at the moment and there were there was this happened in the in New Zealand in the 80s. Right. When we had this big opening of the economy um, and it was literally, you know, it was Roger Nomics. Right. Literally inspired by. Hayek and these guys who started the neoliberal project in the 40s. And, uh, and you know, weakening labor unions and things like this, things that businessmen would appreciate because to them wages are a cost and their costs go down. Think that, that's good for them. <clears throat> but even today, like we're our macroeconomic policy, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, worry about inflation. So the Reserve Bank wants to raise the OCR. <clears throat> Um, this that's an example of a neoliberal policy, right? It's like literally the goal of raising the OCR is to reduce wages, right? And in, in some situations that might be appropriate, right? If if runaway wages are are the cause of the inflation, um, maybe you do want to do something to restrain wages. Uh, it's not so clear that's the case now, or the, and, it, and it often isn't. Right? That's it's not the only reason that you that you get inflation. Would it be the case that um, austerity and neoliberal economics have played a large role in reshaping how our, how our economies function from more state-regulated economies to more laissez-faire capitalist ones? Uh, well, you could say that. I mean, you know, I mean, thinking about the the reforms that happened in New Zealand in the eighties, like 
New Zealand definitely needed I, – I wasn't here then, but it, I've read the history. New Zealand definitely needed reforms, right? You, you, there, were, there were definitely problems that needed to be um, fixed. But the critics would say they went, they went too far, right? You, you could have done a lot to protect the working class in ways that, uh, that still would have allowed the economy to grow and, and flourish. On the topic of Rogernomics, um, with policies during the 80s of tightening monetary policy, floating exchange rates, reducing fiscal deficits, how has this shaped um, Aotearoa's economic policies over the last 30 years? Has it changed much since what was introduced then? Um, well, so, yes, so, yeah, so specifically talking about monetary policy, um, yeah, I mean... It's it's hard to argue against the floating exchange rate and so forth because controls can be very costly and mm-hmm. and um, it, and it's you know allowing it to float is is probably not a bad idea in general but uh, using your monetary policy to keep wages down effectively um, is is sort of something you don't have to do, right? There are ways to manage inflation without without doing that. And macroeconomists are starting to talk a lot more about this today, <clears throat> especially uh, you know since the uh, since our uh, pandemic uh, global crisis. That um, suddenly suddenly macroeconomists are realizing, oh, we can spend all kinds of money into the economy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without uh, making everything collapse. Um, what kind of uh, do you think there'll be any any neoliberal austerity measures um, going into this future recession, which seems quite likely? Do you think we'll see any kind of uh, yeah austerity measures, and what would they look like? Well, like I said, right now we're talking about raising the OCR, right? So um, uh, that's that's very much in the neoliberal direction. That's right? evidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, other things the current government is talking about. Probably go in the other direction. I mean, they're actually talking about um, you know um, uh, sector level unions, right? So or, or wage um, uh, wage setting, uh, which is sort of a step away from this, um, you know, weakening the weakening the lab- the power of, of labor. Yeah. Um, so not like they're not going to be getting public spending. You you don't think that would normally. Well, see. okay, so. This is another debate that macroeconomists are, are having um, that's pretty new, and that's um, should we worry about budget deficits? And this this is a global debate, right? Um, and there are economists now that are arguing it's probably not worth wasting your breath arguing about balancing the budget. You know, you should worry about inflation. Inflation can be a real problem, but – you know whether your whether your spending is in surplus or in deficit. Your government spending is in surplus and in, in deficit. It's not that closely related to what your what your prices are doing. Mm. True. And that in some situations you can you can easily uh, spend all kinds of, uh, of money into the economy with fiscal policy without causing inflation. True. So that's kind of like the converse to neoliberal concepts that. Well, with respect to macroeconomics, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the, the 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 neoliberal macroeconomic policy is the one that was proposed uh, is uh, by Milton Friedman and you know uh, put in place by Paul Volcker in the U.S. in the in the eighties, um, and that's this whole idea that you you um, that you're trading off inflation for unemployment and, and uh, unemployment. Uh, gets too low, you'll get inflation, and it's it's not. There's not a lot of evidence that it's true. Like the the empirical evidence for that relationship is pretty weak. 
Um, and so, but that's sort of the extreme neoliberal version of mm-hmm. macroeconomic policy, um, sort of so, sort of on the right, I guess you could say. And you know, over over to the left um, these days, we now have uh, modern monetary theory, right? Which which says you shouldn't use monetary policy like that, and instead you should develop um, fiscal tools for managing inflation, taxes and spending. Mm. Um, a lot of the neoliberal concepts that you've brought up sort of sound like they're geared towards businesses and the people at the top. What are the wider implications that these systems have on just individuals in the economy? Well, you know, it's funny. that the, You hear in the news about... Um, uh, about you, you, it's pretty easy to find episodes in news where... Uh, wages rise and it causes the share markets to fall mm-hmm. right? like for businesses wages are an expense there are costs that that reduces their profits so it's bad news when wages rise um for business it's, it's not clear that we as a society should think of wages that way right um i don't know did that answer your question i <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah so um I guess you're saying that even when it looks bad, it's not actually that bad for people in general? Yeah. Right. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, well, okay. So uh, we recently had a minimum wage rise, right, And there's in New Zealand. And it's not, I know, it's not obvious there was a big effect on the economy when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could imagine that you do something like that. You put a policy in place that, um, you know, dramatically increases wages for, for low-income workers. Um, you could imagine you could imagine that if it was a big enough change in wage that it would uh, cause prices to rise, right? Mm-hmm. So goods and services that require a lot of low-income worker, you know, labor to produce, you expect the prices to go up when mm-hmm. the wages go up, and that would be measured as inflation in the economy, right? So one of my colleagues the other day, you know, asked me, or uh, you know, isn't inflation always bad? And well, this is kind of my counterexample, right? If you decided as as a society, if we decided low-income workers don't get paid enough and we, you know, raise the minimum wage or something to, mm-hmm. to took steps to increase their wages, mm-hmm. it, would, it, would be, it would be reflected in our inflation statistics. But y- you could argue that it's actually a net good for the economy if, if you thought that there was too much disparity in wages in the first place. Okay. True. Uh, lastly, just to, to round off this segment, I guess before you were talking about the you know, the, the discussion around whether budget deficits are really really that bad. Um, it seems as though neoliberalism was quite the economic force, you know, from the 80s um, and maybe even today. You know, you had the Thatcherites, the Reagans, uh, you had the, like you're saying, Rogernomics here. Is neoliberalism still quite a hegemonic influencer in terms of econ- macroeconomic or microeconomic policy for a lot of the Western nations, or are we kind of seeing a shift away from that? Uh well, honestly, neoliberal policy is still – it's hard to say it's not still in power and in control. Yeah. There's, there's much more talk now uh, against it, right? Yeah. So yeah. there are now macroeconomists coming out and saying, well, that's probably – we actually don't have to run our, uh, run our monetary policy like Paul Volcker said we did. Yeah. And, and it's, and, but, but also in other policies, you know, that uh, – um, uh, you know, labor union and unionism is is uh, on the rise, not just here, but in the U.S. and and other countries. Yeah. So, what kind of so, um, economic ideology do you think would would be likely to replace uh, neoliberalism, if any? Well, 
yeah, kind of more like a it's, socialist. Well, it's, it's a good question, right? Good question, that, yeah, yeah, that, that um, you know, if safe. you if you um, keep your thumb on the working class too long, too uh, too hard for too long, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? You know, uh, it could be uh, you know extreme uh, extreme swings to the right or to the left, and uh, those things are <laughs> hard to predict. Yeah, we just have to wait and see in essence. Yeah. That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.